What do you want to do with guys that have like a million gimmicks? Uh, I mean, talk about them. Should we do an individual show for each of the gimmicks? No. No? No. Because, like, we didn't do an an individual... Because should we have done an individual show for the Repo Man? No. So we didn't miss a huge opportunity there? Nope. Nope. Now entering the Royal Rumble. Papa Shango or Kama or Kama Ben Mustafa or the Godfather or the Good Father back to the Godfather I had completely forgotten about the Bin Mustafa until you just said it. <laughs> yes. I feel like they only did that like early on and then they kind of dropped it. Yeah. Like, so was he meant to be, cause look, okay. So Papa Shango is clearly a different guy than mm-hmm. Kama, the Supreme fighting machine. Right. Right. But is Kama, the Supreme fighting, has he found Allah and that's why he's Kama Bin Mustafa now? Yeah. Yeah. They, I don't think they ever, I mean, I'd have to like, look back at those like 97 Raws when he shows up. I don't think they ever really say, Oh, he's back or Hey, it's like, but I don't think it's like, they don't go out of the way to not say it. It's just like, they just don't say it, but yeah, he's definitely Kamba bin Mustafa because he's supposed to fit in with the nation. And, um, you know, obviously Ron Simmons becomes Farouk and like, you know, different stuff like that. So I think that was the idea. Yes. That he Farouk Assad, Kama bin Mustafa, D'Lo Brown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, Ahmed Johnson, I guess. Ahmed. You know, and I feel like he, the, he just became a pimp because Billy Gunn dressed as a pimp that one time. That was it. Yeah. So that that Raw in 97 is actually a big one. So it was the night after King of the Ring and Farouk fires Savio and Crush. Thank God. And, Smartest and, movie did. <laughs> it says we're going to have two new members tonight. And the first one is Kama comes out, and then they have that tag main event, and Ahmed turns and joins. So that's when they rebuild the nation in like one night. And he fires everyone except for D'Lo as well. That's the other. Why? Thing. Why does he not fire D'Lo? Well, because he saw potential in him. He gets power bombs on tables really well. Yeah, so he's like, that's it. So that becomes the nation. And then, <laughs> uh, was the other question you just asked? You I don't know. No. I don't know. I was going to look, I've always said that when I, Oh, the pimp, the pimp. Yeah. So it was because Billy Gunn dressed like it. And then he kind of started doing it. And then as the nation folded, he just became like the Godfather. Just the pimp. Yeah. Who would have thought that like, you know, putting crush and Salvio Vega in the black supremacist group. Wasn't going to work out super Mm. well. Well, they're sympathizers. (laughs) Sympathizers with the cause. Uh, But uh, you know, when, when this man, let's call him Charles, Wright, Cause that Mm -hmm. is his name. Apparently, um, when this man enters, though, he is he is not involved in any sort of uh, racial war, is he? Uh, well, we don't know who he was using his voodoo on necessarily at all times. But no, he arrived as Papa Shango 
in early 92, like right before WrestleMania 8. So he misses the 92 Rumble. Uh, but Almost he, misses mean, WrestleMania 8. Yeah, he almost missed that too. But clearly they had big things for him because, I mean, you know, he's involved in the main event of WrestleMania. And, and he's scary was, as fuck. For sure. And then he was feuding with the Ultimate Warrior. And then he was being transitioned to feud with Brett before Brett won the world title. Like, they do the whole thing where he put the curse on him and they say that's why he lost the IC title to Bulldog was because of Papa Shango's curse. Oh. And then he fights him on Science Man event. And they, they still carry that storyline. So even after he wins the world title, they're still saying, like, Shango's the one that cost him the IC title. And that kind of ends there. So for most of 92, like, he's getting a substantial, you know, maybe not consistent push, but he's, like, framed as a top-level guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had such an interesting look. I mean, like, I guess, too, like, looking at it now, it seems kind of ridiculous, the whole gimmick. But I was 12 at the time and thought, like, oh, fuck, this guy's actually scary. And, and Warrior's throwing up. And it, the whole thing was weird. It was weird. It, it, and, you know, it continues that, like, <clears throat> we all know, like, late 91 is dark. But chunks of 92 are as well. Like, you have Berserker trying to stab The Undertaker to death. You got the Papa Shango stuff. Nails beating the shit out of the big it's boss the man. shit out of the boss man. But, I mean, there's some, like, kind of unruly stuff in 92 as well. It's... Really not until, like, Hogan leaves and they kind of reset the era in 93 and then, you know, filter the new generation. It's when it's, it's right around then. It's when, the, it's when the steroid stuff all hits and the trials and all that is when they turn. I guess. I mean, the bus is a, is a turning point, too, though. Like, it's nowhere, yeah, near, for sure. it's nowhere near as dark. You're throwing a guy in a bus to go on a cross-country tour. like Right, right. It's by, by early 93 is when things start to change. I don't know. Maybe Raw played a role in that, too. Like, all of a sudden they were more of a live audience on primetime. Maybe they felt mm. like they had to tighten up a little bit, but I think it really just had to do with the lawsuits and all that stuff. Cause all that shit hits in 92 and by the fall of 92, some of that darker stuff is fading as well. So, well, yeah, you know what the prosecution being like, look, you put a guy in a coffin and nearly murdered him. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, also too, through. like, you know, when Brett wins the title, they're like pure, you know, wholesome baby face champion on top. This is like a workhorse. Right. So right. They kind of turn from all that, but all right, meanwhile, so we, you have meanwhile you got a voodoo guy and a spaceman <laughs> running. Yes. So we got the Doctor Spachevin. Spachevin. All right, so let's go to 1993. Uh, very late in this relevance, though, for Shango, and it's only a year in, but it's late because I think this is it for him. I don't think he does much else. He may pop on, pop up on Raw. Um, actually, no, isn't he at the nine dark match? Is that him against Tito? I think so. so. Yes. Yeah, he's around a bit longer. But does Tito win that? Yeah, it's his, only his other – he won at WrestleMania 1 and WrestleMania 9. <laughs> yeah, it. so imagine how far Shango's gone down the card. Yeah, and he, he's pretty much done by then. I feel like he's on Raw at some point in that in that early stretch. But uh, So he comes out at 3, and it's just Backlund and Flair with him, and he accomplishes nothing. He literally gets, like, two punches on Backlund, and Flair throws him out. And I always thought, like, <laughs> it really must have sucked. He, like, he must have spent hours probably putting that paint on every night. and. Yep. He flew in, applied that paint job, and then literally lasts, what, 40 seconds or whatever it is? So not even, 30 seconds. It's less than 30. It's, I mean, come on, poor bastard. Yeah, it's nothing. I mean, look, when he comes out, number one, he's got a nice brisk jog and some decent heat. So, like, the crowd is still kind of there. And Heenan's like, oh, he might make them both disappear, which I was like, oh, okay. Like, they're, <laughs> they're kind of in on him. Um but yeah, it's it's he beats down Backlund and within a second Flair comes out and dumps him. 
And then he poli- he just politely leaves. That's it. He's like, I'm going to go back to take this paint off. It's going to take me 20 minutes. Do you Get, do you get th- the cold cream ready. <laughs> do you think this is what a voodoo man would do? Would he just politely leave? Well, yeah, because he knows he can get his revenge in other ways. Like, James Bond couldn't even kill the voodoo guy in a James Bond movie. Yeah, but, well, he's not going to die. He knows he can go to the back and start jabbing his voodoo doll and make Ric Flair get divorced at times if he wants <laughs> I mean, there is a tie with with Sean Long Backlund as well, because the story always has it that he was going to be behind Backlund's heel turn. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So when he turns heel in 94 and he's staring at his hands, it was meant to be that Shango was on his way back and had put a curse on him and uh, was actually controlling him. And Backlund just was so good. They were just like, well, I'm not going to do that. And then a couple of months later, he shows back up as Kama. So. Is he the biggest disappointment of a character ever? Shango? In terms of someone who comes in and you – because when he came in, I mean, look, I I mean at the time anyway, I, I didn't care about work rate or anything. Like it was just, oh, here's this super cool, mm. scary-looking dude. Like is it a bit of a disappointment that it never got I, beyond? I think he overachieved really. I mean like really? – again, he showed up in the main event of Mania. He had a big run with Warrior on TV and at house shows. Um and then even at SummerSlam, they they credited him for Brett losing to Bulldog. Like, <laughs> so I mean, it's still like, you know, for that year, well, you know, well positioned. Yeah, it probably could have been more and should have been more. He, I think he's just a guy that was at the wrong time. Like, I think if he's in the '80s, he probably has a run with Hogan. Mm. I think if he comes in maybe even a year earlier in '91, maybe he's like a bigger part of that darker era with like Jake and stuff. Or if he comes in as Shango in the Attitude Era instead of even Kama, like, and he's like a fucked up Buddha guy. <laughs> like, I think he could have had something, too. I'm surprised uh, they never – he's one of those guys they never they never brought back Papa Shango. Like, even for, like, a pop or anything, right? Right. It's a strange one. You'd think – Yeah, no, I don't think so. If he – is 93 a better year if Papa Shango is in the uh, Giant Gonzalez role? No, because I just think – he sucks. To your point, by that point, yeah, it's not that he sucks. I just think like it wouldn't have been believable probably for him right. to hang with Undertaker. Like I think his he had just diminished enough by that point mm. to really, unless he did something like they made him do something really sick, <laughs> murder Paul Bear or something, <laughs> make him bleed from the, make him blind, bleed from the eyes. All right, uh, so presentation. <laughs> well, we're zeros across the board. It's zeros right? across the board. I mean, it's it's 28 seconds, but 20 like you can do something in 28 seconds. This man right. chose not to. Yes, he he purposely felt like he was going to do nothing. Yeah, and he did nothing. So he got nothing from us. Uh, so that that gives him zeros across the board. Is he better than Virgil in 1994? No, because Virgil at least gets a few shots in on Diesel, right? Yeah, Luke in 95. Um, no, probably not. Olga 1999. No. Butch 1995. No. Uh, Terry Taylor, 1993. I don't remember what the fuck Taylor did. How long was he in for? 24 seconds. So if we do, so Sean goes in for 28 seconds. All right. So next. Saba Simba, 91. He's ahead of him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that lands Papa Shango, Charles Wright, in 1993 as the 211th best (laughs) rubble appearance of all time. Seems right. (laughs) Yep. 
All right. But, uh, it's so, it's alarming how many of these we have to do for him. Uh, I know. I know. I feel like we're talking about everything but him. But all right. So we fast forward uh, three years. His next appearance isn't until the 96 Rumble because he does leave. Comes back at the end of 95. Um, I'm sorry. Late 94. He comes back as Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine. He has a pretty big 95. It's similar to Shango, really. He's like in the mix. Um, and he's feuding with Undertaker through the whole year. So you kind of get that feud you asked about. Yeah. Uh, you can see how it went. So. Wow, 95, though. Nothing works in 95. Right. And by this point, he's just about done again. Um, so I don't again, I don't think he lasts much longer at all after this before he's gone. I don't know where he goes each time. Like, I don't know if he just goes back to Memphis and does stuff, probably. But Memphis is, is kind of cooked by this point. So is he not pimping nationwide yet? Maybe, I guess. He's working on his business plan. But Building an empire. He has ditched the, the T-shirt by this point when he comes out. That's right. Uh, yeah, the comma T-shirt is gone. Um, so he's just showing off the tats. I guess they probably did that to hide that he was Shango, maybe. Like all the tattoos, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, but then here, they like they, his head is shaved at this point, right? Yeah, I think maybe just by this point, they were like, all right, we're two Fuck years and who gives a shit. But like debuting him as a brand new character at the end of 94, they probably figured it was like a year and a half removed from Papa Shango and he might be recognizable more right with the tattoos. So he comes in at 23 and just silence his, his exactly silence. And his music is awful. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just a weird, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Odd little noise. Um, so he's choking. He kicks away diesel. The ring's pretty thin here and he has a lot of time with diesel, a lot of heavy strikes and briefly escapes. He's circling around. Keeps coming back to diesel Tries to help the ringmaster eliminate Owen Hart, but he just kind of pushes in the corner a lot of this. Like, he seemed quite gassed early on as well. Uh, just stands a lot, spends a lot of time just standing in the corner watching everyone else. Well, and he keeps pulling people into the corner. So it's like he just, he hangs out in the corner. And like, if someone goes by him, he's like the fucking, he's like the, the guy in the wall in The Legend of Zelda that comes out and grabs you and brings you back to the start <laughs> of the level. Like, it's like, and he just, and like at one point I'm like, Jesus, stop. No one go near him because he's not moving. Like, I'm going to lose it if he keeps just pulling people into the corner. Yeah, I mean, that's literally what he does. And, like, he just ambles around. He attacks Marty when he comes in. And then he lays in the corner as far as and Diesel just fight on top of him. <laughs> just lays there. He's yeah. not doing anything. He's not involved in the fight. Um, he's not only, involved. The only, <laughs> not booked. The only spot he does get in is he's the one who uh, makes Fatu do the 360 clothesline. <laughs> so, yeah, someone's uh, got to so do it. He gets that in. He ends up back with Diesel again. He has a decent little scrap with Duke Drossy, and then him and Diesel throw Drossy out, and then they're right back to fighting in the corner. No, they're and not fighting. Some... They're just laying there. Right, they're laying there. And he somehow makes the final three. I know. Uh, and it's him, Sean, and Diesel. And he actually almost throws Sean out, uh, but Sean hangs on, and then Diesel tosses him. Like, I think given how little he did, he should have just came in at 28. Like, we see that a lot with these guys who atom bombs and warlords who come in at 29, 30 and have wasted run. Like, they sh- it, he didn't do anything anyway. So he would have at least looked tougher if he just came in late, had a hot little spurt, and almost wins down to the final three. Because everything he did big was at the end. Other than that, he was a warm body for Diesel to punch in the corner. To hang out with. Lay on. What, 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 it was boring. What is a supreme fighting machine? He is uh, a machine who fights supremely. He's all, like he lost the Mohawk too. I'm guessing that was the source of his strength. Like a like a Samson situation. I mean, I was he like, strong with it? Well, he was able to fight the Undertaker and steal his urn and make it a chain. I think that was all DiBiase. 
you're going to credit Ted DiBiase, mm-hmm. the manager, for something? It was his master plan. <laughs> um, there's one point too where like he gets he's he gets double teamed by the two dudes with attitudes, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Diesel goes to punch and he ducks and like Sean takes one in the face. You think Sherry was pissed? Yeah, all those years later. Yeah. Oh, in no. WCW, just bangs on the table. I told him. I told him. Uh, yeah, like this whole thing was just. It was just he gets kicked in the face by Fatu. Like no difference was made there. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all just walking around. And at the the whole time too, I don't, this is the first time I caught this. They're like, you want to find out who the next entrance is? Call Ray Rougeau on the superstar line. Yeah. Who can't wait two minutes? They did that a lot. It, I think it was even before '96 they would do that. Where you could call the hotline and hear who's next. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole thing, too, where he, him and Aunt Yankum team up on Marty Jannetty. Like, this feels like overkill for Marty Jannetty, I feel. Mm. Um, it would have been he, super meta if, like, Diesel was part of that, too. If you had Diesel, Yankum, who would be fake Diesel, and then yeah. Kama, who would, like, have all these interactions with these guys and different gimmicks. <laughs> we're all working together. Yeah. <laughs> and Shawn Michaels was giving them orders beating up Marty Jannetty. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's nothing. Even like there's a point where he tosses Fatu, but like there's no follow through on anything. Like it's just like he throws him, walks away. Um, it's I only at the final three when he does anything. Like that's why if he should just came in at 28, 29, or 30 or whatever, but, and and he made it look like he had a little more energy and makes the final three versus like spending 16 minutes of watching him in the corner stand there. Yeah, and then even when it's time for him to go, it's like Diesel – like it's it's not like a big – Diesel just punches him and shoves him out of the ring. Yeah. Like it's it's just, okay, main event time, bye. Right. So it's like he lasted 15 minutes. He tossed one guy with somebody else. Ugh. This is not a good showing. These are my worst ones to watch. Yeah, when it's just 15 minutes of doing dick all. Dick all. Um, I'm at a one for presentation just because they did talk him up a bit, but there is nothing really going on here. Uh, yeah, same. I'm at a zero for work. I am at a zero as well. And I guess, look, 15 minutes in elimination. I'll give a one for effectiveness. And he makes the final three. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they play him up as a threat, but he did not deserve to be played up to be a threat. No, not at all. Especially because he's so washed by this point. Like, I don't know what he was even doing at the end of 95. Like, I don't know if he's even on tv regularly i mean the corporation was just pretty much sit and kid at this point and then ringmaster like that was it and so like the rest of the guys i don't think he was even with dibiase at this point anymore so it was just an odd choice to make the final three since his days of a threat pretty much ended when he lost to taker at SummerSlam. like since then he's really not done much yeah and i mean there's other guys that you could keep at the end that might be more interesting yeah i mean i i just would have like bulldog I mean, he was yeah. in the middle of that whole thing pretty much with those guys. So, like, I think he would have been the perfect final three guy. Or keep Owen in there a bit. Or Owen, yeah. I, that would have been my final four. Owen, Bulldog, Diesel, Sean. Like, that's your four main guys from the whole fall. Like, that was the story since, you know, yeah. October or whatever when Bulldog turned or right after SummerSlam, you know. Or if you are going to throw an oddball into that final four, make it Austin. Right. Well, that gives him a score of four, and that – is he better than Luke from 1991? No. No. Akeem, 90? No. Skinner, the dirty – the filthy pig, 92? The filthy pig, Skinner? Yeah. Um, no, I like Skinner better. Rush, 1997? Mm, no, he's got that fun little scuffle with yeah. Ahmed. Boris Zukov, 1988. 
Mm. I don't know. Only two minutes. <laughs> okay, less. Warlord, 1990, eight minutes. I think he's no. the worst. He's the worst of the force. Yeah, I think so. All right, so that lands uh, Kama, the Supreme Fighting Machine, from 1996 as the 178th best Rumble appearance okay. of all time. Making progress. Making progress. We'll see if he gets any higher with some of these. Well, we'll see. Fast forward to two years later. He has now come a bit Mustafa, but I think they've already dropped that. And he had showed up, like I said, right after King of the Ring 97 again. He's in the nation, and he's firmly ensconced in the nation here. Um, This is where the nation's really, I I would say, at their second peak. I think the first peak was that probably about a year before this, at Rumble 97, when they had the massive group. And the Ahmed 30 guys came down to the ring. Yeah, like that little stretch into WrestleMania. And now this is like the rebooted peak where, like, Rock is really feeling himself. Yeah. You know, Farouk's like days are kind of numbered as the leader, but this is like when they're at their strongest. Henry had just turned and joined. Um, so they got five strong. They're all in this rumble and they all are in like at the same time toward the end. He does yeah. enter at 23 again, uh, back and, to back 23s. And the best I feel the best part of his run is this entrance because he yes. comes out because Ahmed has been eliminated and he's just lumbering around. So comma like I don't know I feel like this is a shoot like but like comma shoves him yeah I know they're feuding too but like Ahmed was clearly in the way of like the entrance so like comma uh, shoves him and Ahmed almost falls to the ground but and then like Ahmed doesn't even bother to chase him like it's this weird like right. uh, Ahmed just runs to the ring <laughs> yeah yeah after he shows him yeah. but it was like so. It made Ahmed look like such like he was like to your point like he didn't bother like he's so done like like he just made him like a giant pussy like a so year sad. earlier Ahmed probably would have sh- you know sh- uh, shoved a knife in his chest Yo, but now it's like done. right That's now he's like oh whatever I just want to leave get out of here um, and it was a very nation heavy rumble four of the five guys were in there at and that right point away, he punches the shit out of D'Lo Brown like what strategy is this like it's the <laughs> dumbest strategy I've ever oh. seen with this group like. This is the whole point. You are one fifth of the field, right? One sixth of the field, right? You got five out of the thirty guys, and you all happen to be clustered near the end, and that's the first guy you punch. Like, yeah, what are you so doing? Stupid. Yeah, and no it's sense. not even it's not even five out of thirty at this point. It's five out of what's left. Right, but I mean, even coming yeah. in, you're like, you know, of course, they owned a sixth of the field. They should have had a strategy coming in that we're going to work together where we can, not have violent, you know, punching with each other. Um, he's part of the crew that stands around waiting for Steve Austin, yeah. but he kind of dodges that flurry and then kicks the shit out of the honky talk man instead. Yeah. Him and rock work together. Then him and D'Lo work over rock again, weird strategy. Well, like what are we rock, doing? Yeah. Him and rock work together to beat up thrasher. Yeah. What, what's happening here? <laughs> well, the headbangers are kind of at the peak here. They were, had just been world tag team champions not that long before <laughs> that so. is true he and then he goes toe-to-toe with the rock too which i actually thought was a pretty good sequence it was but again it doesn't make sense to me like these guys should not be touching each other until they're the only ones left it's it's stupid yeah, um and, and then yeah. if he's not doing that all he's doing is waiting for someone else to get knocked down and then he walks up stomps on them once or puts his foot on them or leans on them like there's he's he's terrible he's terrible in these matches yeah he's doesn't I don't think he's got the gas tank, and I also think he just doesn't quite grasp the concept. Well, there's 11 guys in the ring, and he can't find one to work with. Right. And Farouk, 
lays some fire in on him when he comes in. Just stupid yeah. management by his stable. Like, I don't understand any of it. Kama attacks D'Lo. He's helping Farouk after Farouk attacked him. And then he does kind of like he did a year before. Just kind of moves around and punches people. Yeah, like him and D'Lo, like, start beating the shit out of Farouk. But then for some for no reason, Kama just stops and leaves. Yeah. It's – I don't like, – is he trying to put guys out and win the match? What's happening here? It makes no sense. None of it. None of it makes sense. So then Chains almost throws him out, but he hangs on. And then a few minutes later, Austin just dumps him. So just another boring outing. He just all he did was punch. He at least had like a little more action because the whole nation stuff. But that strategy is a mess. It made no sense. Five of them were in at the same time. They literally accomplished nothing as a group. Yeah. And then Jim Ross is not helping things by like – like telling us a completely different story than what we're seeing. Right. Yeah. Like, how how strong is the nation right now? Like, yeah, not at it, all. It was stupid. It was dumb. And they were still like, they hadn't really had cracks yet. Like I know a little bit like rock was starting to usurp Farouk and they built toward that, but they were still meant to be strong heading into mania at this point. So like fruit doesn't turn till after mania. It's just, none of it made sense to me. It was no. an odd use. They should have had them all working together, trying to take out Austin. That was the whole story of the match. Everyone yeah. trying to eliminate Austin and then just have them run through them. They don't know how to do a bounty. This, this company, and we're going to see as we go further. No one, this company does not understand what a bounty is right. ever. Uh, the only time he helped anybody in the nation is when he just stood around while the rock hit the people's elbow on deal. <laughs> yes, that was it. And at one point I was watching at one point, I, you know, every, this is a tricky rumble because everyone is wearing black. Yes. Like every single. So you're like, what? Like, who is this? Where? Where's the guy? I'm looking for him. I'm like, I couldn't find him at one point. And he's just sitting in the corner. And that feels like a good metaphor for his whole run here. Yeah, all of them. All of them. And at least now the two long ones are done. Like from here on out, he's not in there more than two minutes. And we had a lot left. But to the uh, 96 and 98 are only two over 10 minutes. Yeah, but they're they feel like two hours. Right. Yeah, not uh, good. Not good. Uh, it's just such you're right. It's such a stupid strategy. And I feel he actively made the match worse. I mean, he didn't add to it. So, yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that sentiment. Put someone else in there with that time and maybe the match right. is better. Anyway, I'm at a one for presentation and nothing else. Yeah, same. Good. OK, let's get this guy out of here. Uh, that uh, gives him a two total. We're, we're going nowhere near the top tonight, are we? Uh, not even going to sniff. Like the top of the bottom. Christ. Uh, we won't even get close to the middle even. Um, okay. Is he? No, he's not better than Hercules in 92. Okay. We're going to start at the bottom. He's going to be near the bottom. Is he worse than Animal 2006? I don't know. Okay, how, how about this one? Is he worse than the Honky Tonk Man 1998? Yes. I mean, no, no. No. Okay. Okay, so okay, is he worse than Davy Boy Smith in 2000? Probably not. Okay, is he worse than Typhoon in 1993? Probably. I mean, Typhoon's at least got a little. They're kind of similar, right? Because an earthquake fight for some stupid reason in that one as well. But yeah, Typhoon's Ty- a lot shorter, right? It's five minutes. Yeah. Okay, so that's good. That's where he's going. Okay. So he's gonna go between Typhoon. One below Typhoon 93, one ahead of David Boy Smith 2000, and that lands Kama, Musta- Kama Bin Mustafa as the 201st best Royal Rumble performance of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm t- no, you know, it's crazy. I'm, like, we still have, like, five more of him. 
Yeah, but all these combined is like under like four minutes, so it's fine. Uh, these are the ones where it took longer to like bring it up on the network, right? Than to watch any of them. I find watching those on like my laptop are easier because it's quicker to navigate. <laughs> like, yeah, boom, boom, you there. Fly through. Yeah, so uh, character change again, shocking. <laughs> he's got yet another character change, but he's a lot happier a man now. Uh, yeah, he seems a little happier. Because we go to 1999, a year later, and he's now, like, full Godfather. Like, yeah. like it, it really happens fast in the back end of 98. The skit with Billy Gunn is in, like, July. And then, like, by the fall, the nation's pretty much done, and he's the Godfather. He's the whole train. <laughs> yeah, but it's not, like, fully there yet. Like, but I hear he is, but it takes a little time. Like, he yeah. does the Godfather look even with the nation at first. Like he wears the hat and they call, they kind of say he's like a pimp and shit. And then it's by the end of the years when he's got the colorful vest and the brings out the women and all that. Yeah. Well, he comes out to a huge pop here, mm-hmm. like massive pop two blondes with him. And right away, the first thought I had was, man, everybody's just so happy to see this guy. Oh, and that is a theme. Um, yeah. <laughs> is we were, Marcus and I are, getting into on duty war like he is a big part of that year 99 and they use him well actually like at the time I remember it being like oh his matches but no, they no. use him well as a, like an opening act on a lot of pay-per-views like he really um wakes up the crowd quite a bit and like gets things started pretty strongly i don't think i've ever actively cheered for anyone more as when he was uh winning the intercontinental title from gold dust <laughs> right like, oh, like, I was so happy that he won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he's super over in this run. Like, this is definitely, like, his biggest, most successful gimmick. He does the bit in the aisle kind of with the women. And then the, uh, the ring is... lady has no idea what to do. No. And that's She's... A, I do like watching them evolve, too, throughout the year, like, to see yes. the different ones he brings out. Yeah. Uh, so he walks him out. He does the thing. Gets in the ring. Yeah, the ring's pretty thin at this point. Cole even knows that he's more concerned with the women that get in the ring. Yeah. He gets walloped by Goldust as he comes in and then just vanishes when Kane comes out in the dark. And then the lights come on and Kane throws him right out. So really just like a fun entrance and nothing yeah. else. Just a wasted outing for him. I will say this. He gets in there and he goes right after Goldust. And it's already way more energetic than anything else he's done in a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Like, but 99 is weird. It's another year where like they had all these guys and they just they they were so focused on one story that they end up like just cleaning out a lot of interesting guys. Do you feel they're focused on the one story? I thought 99 was pretty good for spreading the love around in terms of storylines. Yeah, maybe it's it's actually one I haven't watched in a long time, but because you got you got the main story with Austin, right, and whoever he's involved with. Underneath, you got the union and the corporation. You got the Billy Gunn, Val Venus. Um, Ken Shamrock triangle. You got Test and Shane. Um, later in the year, you got Boss Man is the most <laughs> evil man in the world. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought they were okay in '99 in terms of like. No, I meant in this Rumble. Oh, this Rumble's terrible. It's that's what I mean. They're only focused on Austin McMahon. So, like Godfather, like they could have used a lot of these people in this match in particular. No, of course, throughout the year they they have a lot of time. Oh, okay, okay, I see. In yeah, this see. match, there's not. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot. It's like all that one story and everyone else just gets. And it's yeah. so stupid because like it, if you just tell the story you're, you're already telling and have Austin in there the whole time fending right. off guys who are trying to earn the bounty. This is probably an all time rumble. 
Right. Like, uh, I'm not advocating for him to be in there 20 minutes again. <laughs> we just went over that. No. But, like, he could last eight minutes, you know, like, give him a little bit of time to maybe attack Austin and earn money to go legit or whatever he's trying to do. But, yeah. <laughs> go legit. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, it's really uh, all minute. right. So, I just went one on presentation here and, and nothing else is as usual for him. Okay. So, I went <laughs> I, I went one on presentation because, you know, <laughs> I went one on, on uh, work. Because I thought the energy was really good, and I mm. like his elimination. He goes over the top rope really fast. It's a better elimination, so I wanted to give him something. Yeah. Uh, like, the energy was good. The hoe train was tight. Um, <laughs> and here's the other thing. I gave him I gave him one for effectiveness also. <sighs> Be- because I feel that this rumble is so hard-pressed for good moments. Right. And for that minute and a half, it's a good moment. Yeah. So... Whatever. That's, that's where I'm at. Okay. That gives him a four. It's not like it, it's not like it's world beating or anything. Uh, that gives him a four. So is he better than Luke 1991? No. No. Akeem 1990. I mean, I would say no. Skinner 92. Not better than the filthy pig Skinner. Rush 97. Mm-hmm. I'll let you pick that one. Crush is probably more important to the match. Yeah. Um, I think we could maybe put him ahead of Boris Zukov 88, though. Yeah, that feels fine. Because Zukov just kind of comes in, is in there two minutes. It's similar time. And Godfather at least made everybody happy to see him. Zukov. Zukov. So that lands The Godfather 1999 as the 176th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. All right. Making gains. All right, let's go a year later in 2000. Different character again. No, same. He's still the Godfather. Oh, no, you're right. It's the yeah. I. Yeah. Uh, so he comes in late this time. He's in at 29, and we get a big pop, big time everybody, pop for him. Everybody happy to see him. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Uh, but he parades the hose around the ring. Uh, so he has a big entrance. <laughs> yeah. And they all walk around. He's got a little good, a pretty good ensemble here in, in New York. So not a sh- yeah. not a surprise. I think three out of the four are strong. Funaki um, gets thrown right next to them and none of them <laughs> even flinch. They don't know what to do. Like he's way more interested in selling the hose to the crowd than anything else. No, well, that's his, I mean, that's his day job. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, but not much substance after that, like a late draw, not a full ring. And you think he'd have decent odds, but again, not much. He throws some shots at Billy Gunn, gets dropped by Big Show. He tries to go back at show and it goes nowhere and show just throws him out. So again, nothing besides an entrance. Why on earth does he keep going after the big show? It seems like a mistake. You fight anybody else. Any this is also his vest period. So ninety nine he didn't wear the vest to the ring. Now it's right. always gonna be the vest. I never got it. It always seems so uncomfortable to me. Like and trying to worry about it staying on. It, like I feel like I know. you wouldn't be able to move your arms comfortably. Well, and he's always doing that fucking dance before the whole train, too, where he's flinging right. his arms around. Yeah. I don't get how that thing never came off more often. It was like taped to his back. I was. Yeah. It had to be like connected. Right. Maybe it was like Velcro in the back or something. Yeah. I don't that, get otherwise like how that never came off. Well, and wouldn't it bother you to be in? Wouldn't it be in the way? Right. Yeah. That's I mean, I've always thought that. So they have, they have to have it like connected somehow because I don't get otherwise how it would just never come off. Because I don't remember yeah. it ever coming off. No, and I don't think it ever did. Maybe he's just mad. Maybe it's cum. Uh, I mean, probably not. Why? Oh, he's always. Is he fucking those hoes? I don't think you shit where you eat. 
Yeah, it's probably true. Huge heat for his elimination, though, when Big Show throws him out. People are not happy he's kicked out. Right. No. No, he's super over here. 99 into 2000 is like a huge year for him. He's he's really over that whole time. Like, he always gets a huge pop. Yeah, he was like the perfect opening act yep. for this era. Like he, in a, he just was shitty in the ring. So it was like it was kind of like great to get the crowd going, but then the matches were like always. Oh, uh, yeah, they needed to be smarter with him and just have him in like two or three minute matches. Right. Run out, few punches, take some, take a bit of offense. Ho train, Death Valley driver, you know, dance with the hose. Well, and on TV that's what it was because they never had long matches on TV at that era. So yeah. it's really just pay per view sometimes where he'd go out there and get like nine minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, they probably could have kept him going for at least a couple more years in this role, right? Yeah, I actually, I like the change. Um, I, actually oh, thought yes, was one, I thought it was one of the smarter things they've done. Uh, <laughs> I remember when they had that name, they said that name. Like, I feel like we joked about it, like, at the time, like, before it even happened. Like, oh, it'd be funny if they did that. And then they did it. And it was like, oh, shit. Like, that's brilliant that they did it <laughs> because I didn't think they actually would. Um <laughs> All right, so anyway, 01, I mean, uh, 2000, I have just as a one for presentation and nothing else. Me same too. same for me as 99. Yeah, so that gives him a uh, score of two. I had him higher uh, than in 99. I thought his work was better, mm-hmm. and I think he helped the match a bit more. Uh, but that gives him two points. There's so many guys at two. Uh, but we'll start at the top for this one. Well, just uh, look at it. Look at it. You tell me where you think he goes, and then I'll tell you yes or no. Um, I think he goes... Ahead of Warlord 1991, below Rick Martel 1995. Okay. That makes sense. I'll go with that. Yep, I'll go with that. Because it's not long. It's it's a fun enough segment. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It, it's meaningless, but at least that, I mean it at least gets a pop, right? Like when he came out in '96, silence. <laughs> like that was this is better than that. Like the crowd is like really pumped to see him. Absolutely. Uh, so that lands the Godfather 2000 as the 199th best Royal mm. Rumble appearance of all time. Okay. All right. So now we go ahead a year again, and he is in a new role. He is now the Good Father. Yeah. Over the summer, he saw the uh, the light. He saw the light change his ways uh, and joined the right to censor. Now no one in the button down. No one is happy to see him here. No, it's sad. Sad reminder of what used to be. But I yeah. thought this was a brilliant change, like to put him. To have them convert him from being the pimp to the almost like a preacher type and put that outfit on him and no more fun. But the name change to me was always brilliant. Godfather, good father is a, just a, a really sharp change. And they actually ends up winning the tag titles. Him and Bull Buchanan, right. tag team champions. Um, I feel they have, the mean, most, they have the most effective music ever. Oh, God, I hate it. I used to legit think like there was a smoke alarm going off in my house. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it was, it's funny. We saw it this year at the Royal Rumble with the Ivory. Right. That was like All my right. favorite part of the night. <laughs> so he comes in at 14 and he literally walks right into the rock as like yeah. a buzzsaw. He's fighting Kane and rock throws him right out. And it's actually a fun bit because everyone hates right to censor. Yeah. Um, so it's like, oh, cool. Fuck him. But it's a real worth the showing just in a career full of them. <laughs> like you know, just another <laughs> one. Garbage. I went well, all zeros here. Me too. I mean, he's eliminated by the spit punch to the hand. Right. Just uh, trash. Did you find it was very poetic that he came in at number 14 and lasted 14 seconds? Sure. Yeah. The king then declared he was checked into the SmackDown hotel. So naturally. So that gives him a zero from both of us. Uh, but I don't think this is a bad showing. 
are we going to place it just on time? Yeah, I think that's fine. So that's that puts, what we do with these. Then that puts him ahead of Virgil 1994. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. So the 210th best Royal Rumble appearance of <laughs> all time is The Good Father from 2001. Now, I want to see something quickly. Mm-hmm. Is he the only person that has two zeros? Yes. I can't imagine there's anyone else. Like anyone who's that bad usually isn't around <laughs> enough to warrant multiple zeros. Like Virgil, okay, there's Virgil, Luke, Golga, so no repeats. Uh, Butch, Terry Taylor, Saba Simba, Red Rooster, Warlord, Bossman, Repo, Mustafa, Volkov. Yeah, so he's the first one. Congratulations, good father. <laughs> he may be the. I, I can't imagine there's too many more to come even they get multiple zeros like he's his this whole run we can talk about it at the end i guess but it's like very rarefied air like to be in this many to have such little net time and such low scores and like his highest score is fours and you it's i mean one of us was split but the other one's because of you yeah and and otherwise like he he's got to have the lowest composite score when you look at how many he's in compared to his average score so he may be in contention for the worst or almost performer of all time i think Oh, yes, I definitely would hear arguments for that. Yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead a year to 2002. He comes into 16. He's making his return. So when the RTC broke up in like late-ish or mid-01, whatever it was, he was gone for a while. And uh, he comes back now. All is forgiven. And they say he's, he's now gone legit. He's an he's escort. Legit. Uh, he's everybody's, everybody's happy to see him. Oh, yeah, they're pumped. And he, he's got a huge, lavish entrance. Uh, it's a lot of fun. He's got a ton of women with him. Keeps and of going course, back. <laughs> and it's Atlanta. So you're, they're loaded, lo- loaded with hot women in Atlanta. So he, he brings them all out. Um, they probably went over to the gold club and yeah, he dances for a while. And he knows what works. Like he gets it. Like he knows, right. This is going to get he's, over. He's got the biggest smile on his face I've ever seen on a human being. Yeah. He's pumped to be back around all these chicks. And, like, there's stuff going on in the ring, but no one cares. Like, everybody's just ha- – like, for this time right. that he's here, the whole arena is just happy. And he – um, like, wasn't he really doing this? Doesn't he really have, like, an escort service or something? I think it's a strip club. Okay. Yeah, I mean, something like that. Look, you, we could probably debate <laughs> whether it's the same thing or not, but right. – yeah. All right, so uh, again, he knows what works. He he gets in though, but nothing again as usual when he gets in the ring. Uh, well, he, he throws goes back punch- to dancing like three times. Like he keeps it, going back to dance. It's all he's got. He throws some punches on Chuck, Chucky, and Christian, and then he's dumped out by both after he misses the whole train. So again, like it tends to be his thing. Like he has a fun entrance, a grandiose entrance, and then he gets in the ring and accomplishes nothing again under two minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, look, he he got to the ring. The, the the clock started for the next guy. Like that's how long he was dancing for. Like he was he was dancing so long that the next guy had like, the, his time it expired. Right. Um, right. I, right away as he comes in too, he gets the shit kicked out of him by yes. Palumbo and Christian. And like, but then again, like he fights back, he eats a scissors kick, good energy on the double clothesline, mm. uh, double hoe train. Big miss on the train, which lends to him being eliminated, and huge heat when he gets thrown out. But yep. again, he just made everyone in this building happy. Right. So for that, I went one for presentation and then nothing else. I, I gave him the same score as uh, 2000, I think, where, or 99, where uh, I went one for – I went one across the board. 
because I thought he was energetic. I thought the the creativity of going back, to, like mm. he kept going back to the girls. Like he brought out three, then he went back and got six, then three more, then 12. Like he's got 12 girls. He keeps going back dancing. So I don't know. It's a performance art piece. <laughs> it was worth something. Sure. And then he made us pop and got good heat. So anyway, it's not like it's going to ruin anybody else's chances of winning. That gives him a total of four. Um, you want to just put him with the 99 version since it's basically the same? Yeah, I'd probably put this above 99. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. All right, so well, Godfather at 99 in 99 bumped off the 176 best <laughs> Royal Rumble position of all time. Tough night. Like, yeah, but rough night for Mr. Wright. Uh, yeah, Godfather 2002. But we're not done. My God. Fast forward over a decade later. So he, he doesn't really stick around, I don't think, too much in 02. He's gone pretty quick uh, again. And then he's he's pretty much out of the spotlight. He's retired. But he does come back in 2013. And I'm actually surprised that this is his only one. Like, yeah. I would have guessed he'd become almost someone that's, like, on, like, annually or some shit. But he's back in 2013 as a big surprise entrant. Comes in at number 17. Everyone uh, happy to see him. Again, he does the full entrance yet again. Uh, but he's only got two hoes this time. Which is uh, kind of yeah. sad. Uh, JBL and King are pumped to see him. JBL says he brought his rat pack, which is a great <laughs> um, He's immediately thrown out by Dolph Ziggler, which again, Drop on kicked. Random. Drop kicked was, out. It was funny. He puts the gear back on and just walks right off. The music even almost like never even stops. So it was, it was actually, it was funny, but it was more meant for just the pop and not much else. Yeah, the music played for the whole thing. The entire time. I, he's also wrestling now in red pajamas. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, look. Well, he's not wrestling. <laughs> no, he's getting drop kicked out. Yeah. Um, but whatever. I mean, it, it was a fun spot. I'm at a one for presentation. Yeah, I went one presentation and one creativity. Uh, why, because this why, was. Yeah. Why here and not the other ones? I'm curious. I liked when he put the stuff back on and left with it back on. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then he was like just he happy. He dressed back up in his leaves like he didn't give a shit. Like, I thought that was pretty. That, that made me laugh. Yeah, like he's, he's just going to bang these girls, right? Right. All right, so that gives him a score of three. Uh, is he better than Luke, 1989? No. Warlord, 89. Uh, That's a pretty memorable one. Yeah, and Michael's 90, I really like, too, when Warrior, like, yeah. throws him over. Yeah. Okay, he's better, though, than Virgil, 1993. Yes. Who's in there 17 minutes. Oh, my Lord, yeah. Okay, so that lands uh, the la Godfather 2013 as the 186th best Rumble appearance of all time. All right. Well, I, I mean, he's – yeah. I can't imagine we're going to get too many worse than him. Like, to be in that many and accomplish so little. And you could say we were probably generous on a few of those. Like, he yeah. probably could have been ones and zeros across the board. Really right, for almost nothing. all of them. He's in how many? He's in eight. He's in. So here, here's here. Look, he's in there eight times. In all of his eight times, he has one elimination. That's it. One. And, it's, uh, and, and even that's a lame one, right? It's with Diesel. Right. It's a half. Yeah. Yeah. And eight times he's in there 35 minutes total. Like, that, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, it's it's maybe not the worst because he's really only got two like. Our system's weird, right? Because we we give shitty grades because he doesn't do much, but they're actually not bad to watch most of them, right? Like no. he's only in there like two minutes. He pops the crowd. There's really only two real boring ones. 
So I don't know if he's the worst. I would say he's the most futile, though. Like, like he literally probably accomplishes the worst, given all the chances he had. Or accomplishes the least. I don't know if he's the worst, because there's probably guys that have multiple long appearances that suck, you know? Um, right. He's only got two out of the eight. So, But I would say he was, about, like, maybe the most worthless Rumble competitor. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Like a guy like the honky tonk man is probably less interesting to watch than him. Right. And he had longer shit. Yeah, longer shit. Uh, But yeah, I mean, look, like the metaphor of him, like getting like getting tossed out in 13 and not caring feels like right. the metaphor for his entire Royal Rumble. Yeah, he just never did anything. And the two he was in, he looked gassed and bored the whole time. Just, yeah, this was not the match for him, which is no. Um, but this is the podcast network for many people, Aaron. Do you want to tell anyone else what's going on in the world of North South Connection? Well, I mean, there's stuff dropping every single day. I Literally. mean, every day, every sometimes more, every day, every weekday now, something more than one a day for the most part. Uh, but look, we got so much fun stuff going on. It's a completely evergreen feed for the most part. Um, if you there's something for everybody. If you like the ruthless aggressive era, Jake Williams has got you covered on Tuesdays. If you like TNA, me, JT, and Jenny have you covered. If you like the Rumble, you're already listening, right? No mm-hmm. holds barred on Saturdays. We're breaking stuff down. We're doing the WWF title changes. We're working through our GWWE uh, top 100 WWE wrestlers of all time list. Um, you know, there's 90210 stuff with you and Tim. There's mm-hmm. after every pay per view, Marcus and Tim, or Tim and or Marcus and um, Ryan, they're breaking down the pay-per-views. Ryan Gray, Johnny C, WCW Must Die. Uh, AEW stuff every other Friday. Like, there's just something for everyone. Um, like I, TJ Maxx. It's like TJ Maxx, except there's no discount wrestling figures here. Mm. But listen, um, if you like what we're doing, please keep it, keep it going. Uh, let us know. Let us know what we're not doing well. Subscribe. Give us a rating. And the last thing I'd like to say is, you know, on Noel's Bard, we're breaking down – our GWWE list, which is going through the top 100 WWE wrestlers of all time. Uh-huh. But this is a stretch project for the place to be nation. So if you're just, if this is your entry point to anything place to be nation, you know, let us know on Facebook. We have a group called the place to be where we are. We're having all kinds of cool discussions about all these wrestlers who are going to make up our top 100. And if you want to submit a list, that's the entry point in. So get in contact with us. The more, the merrier and everyone is welcome. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Now, now entering the Royal Rumble. Jerry the King Lawler. Man is a thief. He's stolen Harley Race's music. <laughs> no one credits Harley Race, but he stole his music. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, they both stole it from like a composer, right? Right, but he was long dead, so they didn't have to pay mm-hmm. the copyrights. That's true. They're not paying Living Color for. Uh, rah, rah. Uh, Jerry Lawler starts out in 1993. Coming in at number seven, uh, coming out to huge booze. And my question for you, JT, is why isn't he wearing his crown? Uh, it's busy being shit on in the back. <laughs> is it the one, two, three kids shitting in it? <laughs> is this the one where they shit in the crown or is that 96? I don't know. 
I think it's this one. I feel like this is when he's in the ring, the shit in the crown. But um, so he had just debuted pretty much, and it's his Rumble debut. Comes down out number seven. He showed up in late '92 when Mr. Perfect turned and started wrestling again. Bobby Heenan brings him out to join the primetime table, and he also joins the Superstars booth. So uh, he's still like. I always like this little run of Lawler because he feels like a wrestler from Memphis and not yep. just like an announcer that kind of wrestles on the side, which is what he settles into later. This like first year of Lawler feels more like a real son of a bitch heel that's like in the promotion and a big oh. deal. And I like even in this match, you get a glimpse of what could have been if they focused on him more as a wrestler than an announcer as a face or a heel because you get like classic Lawler work and fire like all through this match yeah i agree although bobby heen is doing his best to, to like cast him as the host of superstars right he's constantly he's the host of superstars and at one point gorilla's like i thought that was vince mcmahon and bobby goes no no he goes and gets him his coffee and stuff <laughs> and cashews <laughs> gotta get them nuts um but there's and you can see hints of like a, a heel persona and mm-hmm the potential of a face persona in this match too. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, he had like a lot of fire and he goes against a bunch of heels. Like you look at him here and you're thinking, Oh wow. Okay. Like they picked up a pretty big player that could, you know, really be involved. And and they do like, you know, he is obviously involved, like in a major feud in the back half of the year. It's just, it really, I really feel like him leaving due to the um, sexual assault charges and then coming back alter his course and trajectory. And by the time he comes back, He's more like an announcer that's like an annoying little gnat heel. Right. Yeah, I can I can understand. like he's never really serious as a player again. He'll have little spurts now and then, but Do you think he's hurt really. by his look? Um I don't know. I think they were just light on announcers and he just like took to it and they just kept him in the role. Cause like I think it, it's like he, it's almost like he'd work. Not that he wouldn't have worked. Cause I think if they got behind him and pushed him, he would have worked. Cause he's, he's great. Right. But it's almost like in this world, he looks like a, a mere man versus like, even a guy like Ted DiBiase had a good body. You know what I mean? Right. Like he, like I remember at the time thinking, Oh, this guy's an old guy. Yeah. And I'm sure he wasn't even that old, right? And I knew him. I knew him from PWI and seeing him right. as like the AWA champion. So when he came in, I, I remember thinking, okay, I know who this guy is. He's a big deal, but like he's an old guy. Yeah, and I'm, I think I'm, there's a way they could have done it. Like, because even later in the year when Cornette and the Heavenly Bodies and stuff come in, and this is one of the few years of this era that they were more open to talking about other stuff, right? So I think like if there's there's a version of his history where he comes in, they acknowledge Memphis, and I don't know, like, it's such a weird year because they do the McMemphis stuff during the stretch, too, in yeah. 93, where right. he's like a big face in Memphis against Vince and Brett. This is odd. I, I just I feel like there was some meat on the bone that they left that they could have really leveraged. And, yeah, look or not, like, I think he looks good here. Like, like I, you see him come out, and he looks – to me, he felt like a star coming out. He's got the regalia on. He's, he's working – like he's working classic Lawler style instead of pure chicken shit Lawler nonsense that we get later. Like he's actually working like a wrestling champion in this match. And I just feel like this was a little window. I feel like it, like if they give him the mania match, that gets 
you know, it was supposed to be him and Tenru that gets ripped away. Um, would have sucked. So he's not even, but but at least he would have been on the show, right? Like, so he's not even at the show because he doesn't announce. So he's not even there. And the next time we really see him, like in a big role, he attacks Brett, and that's a really good attack. Yeah. And the SummerSlam stuff's great. And I just feel like we got robbed of the blow off at Survivor Series, you know, and. Like you wonder where where he would have gone from then. Maybe he would have been the same anyway. Maybe he just commentates the rumble and that's it, right? But I don't know. Like I just feel like he just gets kind of whizzed off course at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's just like like could he have been the champion? You think at any point? Like could you have slotted him into the Yokozuna spot? I think so. But then would you would you believe him against Hulk Hogan? Um. All right, I'll put it this way. Maybe he's not the world champion, but, like, I could see him in the mix over the next couple of years. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like, I, I buy it as a as a fan of Jerry Lawler, like, you know, and knowing his work, right? I'm curious if he gets – if that's the kind of thing that people who are not fans of his work would buy. You know what I, I mean? I think so because I think it, they just radically change his style and to the point where he's more like a – like a Bobby Heenan, you know what I mean? Like right. he announces and then he's kind of cowardly in the ring and ends up in these matches where he has no shot. Like that's or he's doing goofy shit, like with doink and stuff. Like he just becomes a comedy guy within a year. But I think if they keep this Lawler that we see here and the one that piece of shit out of Brad at King of the ring, like, yeah, I think there's enough heat there where he could have been in the mix. Like, I don't know if he could have taken Yoko's role, but I think he could have been more. He could have been in Roll 94. He could have had a match at 10. Like, I think there's stuff they could have done more with him. Maybe teams with Owen against Brett. Like, uh, there's stuff in there, right, that they could have done with him if they don't take him that way. But I think it's once Bobby leaves. I think that's part of it, too, like we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to fill in. In 93, Bobby's there, right? So he's still kind of the one. And Lawler's kind of just doing it on the side, which a lot of guys did. Right. But then by the time Bobby's gone, he's kind of has to become the top commentator do pay-per-views and stuff. And so by then I think they just like, are like, okay, well, we'll just focus more here. And he becomes more of a comedy guy by 95. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Yeah. I just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious to see if his look held him back. Like just cause I don't think so because I, it was I, the land of the giants. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that was being phased out like quickly at this point. Like, I mean, they just brought back old Bob Backlund and they're like kind of going to give him a push soon. And big like, Brett's on top. You know, Sean's getting a, a big push. Like, I just yeah, think the not, the era of the big dudes was fading a bit. But but even then, like, not to beleaguer the point too much, but like, the, the, the year '93 is Yoko's year, right? Like, who's who's a massive massive guy. They go to Brett eventually, then they go back to Diesel. But even guys like Brett and Sean, who they're gonna go with, they just look like young in shape guys. Anyway, I, I, I'm just curious. I, I don't know one way or the other. I just think it's. I mean, 94 is kind of the year if you're going to do it, it's going to happen, right? It's like the year of smaller, like mismatched guys. I mean, Bob Backlund is like the top heel for half of 94. And he's right. older than Lawler probably was, right? I know he's in better shape, but he still looked <laughs> yeah. old and acted old. So it's like. Well, and he had the. He also. Lawler. Not Lawler. Backlund also had like a legitimate storyline, right? Well, I think if Lawler just stays in the. Fu- like. I have no issue with Lawler's 93, so it's not even an issue of him stacking up versus Yoko. It's it's just by 94, he's he's kind of right. cooked into the seal role. Whereas, like, there's a world where it's him with Owen and Nightheart, 
stirring the shit and on you know on camera like whatever maybe he's part of that feud right right or maybe find something else to do he doesn't have to be married to brett forever i mean survivor series could have been the blow-off and then he finds someone else to to get into it with him and luger could have been better than luger crush in 94 like once perfect bails out like you know maybe you put lawler in that role have luger and lawler fight feud until 94 SummerSlam. yeah and he probably would have been a good opponent for luger right in terms of like he's he wrestles a bit like flair instead of the tatanka shit you know no, oh, God. You sold out. I'll take sold that. Out. All right, so he goes right at Virgil aggressively. Bobby's really talking him up. Uh, kind of a cool historical moment. Him and Flair have a throwdown, so that yeah. was neat. Again, that's kind of where he shows his face fire in that little throwdown of Flair. And we do get a lot of focus on him. Like, they're really showing him. Uh, we're cutting to what he's doing out there. Even if he's just beating the shit out of Virgil or Flair. Uh, he, he sells an awesome dropkick from Max Moon. <laughs> like He really takes a nice bump off of yeah. it. So, like, early on, like, I really was enjoying watching him. Yeah, I, I, I did notice that he struggled with Virgil, but he must have worked with Virgil in Memphis, right? I would think so, yeah. Yeah, he he also drops Virgil with a DDT. Do you think mm. Jake Roberts was throwing furniture somewhere? Uh, He probably wasn't watching us, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's – the problem I have with this run, it's not a bad run at all, but, like, he's spending way too much time with Virgil and not right. able to throw him out. right. But yeah, Moon crushes him with that kick. But then Moon runs at him, and uh, Lawler backdrops him out. Yeah, so he's out. I mean, and well, there's one part where him and Flair are about to double team Moon, but Virgil just picks him up and carries him away to rekindle their fight. Um, so I like that. He does go at it with with, with Backland as well. That was um, cool and he stays fight. with him. It's perfect if Flair going to war. It's Lawler and Backland are going at it. So it's kind of a cool old school match in there too. I find um, that his tights are too busy. I kind of like them. Like, I may because he never wears them again, but they remind me of Rude with the road signs at Survivor Series 87. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, what am I like? Like, I'm going to have a seizure looking at it. Um, at one point, Bobby goes, Backland is literally fighting for his life. And while he says that, Lawler just has, like, a handful of Backland's ass trying to hold him up. <laughs> he is, uh, oh, he was fighting for something. Yeah. Uh, King spends a bunch of time with Tenru, so like maybe there was a little something to that Mania match happening, um, because they do go at it here a little bit. Uh, he catches random fire too, like Virgil Backlund will just come over and punch him. He's selling a lot, even the filthy pig skinner works him over. <laughs> uh, and then in, in what's the peak of his match is he watches Perfect celebrate after he eliminates Flair, and then he comes over and starts working him over. Uh, then him Virgil, Co- but then yeah. Virgil comes in again to get rid of him. Yeah, he's like constantly in his way. <laughs> like, like Virgil is a thorn in King's side. But then King gets into it with Coco, which is a cool throwback to Memphis as well. So that was yeah. neat. Him and Coco have a fun little throwdown. Um, eventually, King charges and Perfect dumps him. Uh, but then he's on the floor and he starts pulling Perfect out. And Coco and who was like DiBiase or whatever start kicking Perfect and eliminate him. So, I mean, there's another potential feud, right? I know they had Perfect and Luger set up for Mania, but... Like, Perfect and King could have been really fun, too. Yeah, I agree. Playing I off, agree. like, Flair leaves, and that's a Bobby guy. I know Luger's kind of in that role, um, but why not put King and Luger as, like, Bobby guys on 93? Yeah, that would have been fine. Bobby could be like, I'm the manager of Kings. I managed King Haku, right. King Harley Race. Um, yeah, I this is, like, he's just in there with Virgil so much. Yeah. And Virgil at one point holds him, and, like, nobody wants to help. And I, I imagine they were like, geez, Virgil, let the guy get some offense in. He's right, new. Leave him alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like, is it me or do all the black guys go right after him? 
Uh, you think there's a little history there? I don't know. They're all right after him. Like they mm. all seem to have a beef with him. Um, and, and even Bobby at one point is like, wow, there's a lot of people that want to unload on the king. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was fun overall. I mean, he took a lot of offense. He fought some just, you know, different people that you don't see him fight a lot, especially late. You know, this is again, like we talked about, like by the time he moves on, he's not in there with guys like this. Um, I thought he got a lot of spotlight. He had the big moment with perfect. I thought he felt like a threat and a big deal. Like I actually liked this performance quite a bit from him. I did too. Uh, yeah, I thought there was something there. There's some good setups. I love Gorilla at the end is like, the king has made an enemy for life. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mr. Perfect. But I don't know. Mr. Perfect seemed almost gleeful at SummerSlam 96 when, when Lawler was like taunting that alcoholic Jake Roberts. <laughs> right. Not acting like an enemy at all. But yeah, I like the offense. Um, I thought there was some really good fire. And I like that he. it seemed like he was carrying over a bunch of feuds from his past, mm-hmm. which is good. I do think there was a couple moments where he faded away a bit too much. But that being said, he eliminated two guys. He's active and memorable. Lasted 15 minutes. One of the few actual stars in this thing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a good run for me. So in form presentation, uh, I thought they presented him and he felt like a star. He felt like a big deal. Like they talk him up a lot. They show him a lot. Bobby's hyping his past and his history. Like you watch this and you figure like if you're just watching this for the first time, the history of wrestling, like he's coming in, like you're thinking this guy's being set up for something substantial. Like they spent a lot of time on him. They're presenting him like a big deal. He has the big feud with, you know, fight with perfect and all that stuff. Like I I just thought he came off looking like a star. Like it's crazy to me where things go from here. Um, I'm at a three, but for all the same reasons, I think I'm just a bit behind because he, to me, he still felt like a second degree star in the match, mm. but that's no fault of his own. That's just kind of what was going on. Um, I'm at a two for work and I think it's really, I like his work. There's just a bit too many times he faded to the background. Yeah. I gave him a three. I like, um, <clears throat> all the different variants he had with all the different guys. I like the elimination look good. The stuff with perfect was good. And uh, again, he had some some key moments with like a bunch of varied stars, whether it was Flair from Flair to Coco right across the board. He kind of mixed it up with everyone. Yeah, uh, I'm at, and all in the end, I think he left this match better off than when he entered it. Mm-hmm. I thought he was setting up nice feuds. He had a good showing. So I'm at a three for effectiveness. Yeah, me too. I, th- I thought he had a good he was a key cog in the first half of the match, which as a rumble, I feel like we kind of malign 93 and I'm not saying it's unfair. But I really think it's the back end that deserves the most maligning. Like, I've always kind of liked the the first half of this with oh, back yeah. then and Flair early and then all this stuff. It's it's really not until Gonzalez comes out and takes out Taker that the match turns because it is like there's no one left on the back end. They didn't save yeah. enough guys. It's, again, we, we've always compared it to 89, right? It's, they do the angle too soon. Right. Yeah, I would agree. It, the, the front is a fine. It's a fine Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. That gives him a score of 16. It's actually uh, 18. I had done the math wrong, so I have 10, not 8. Oh. That's why you got to put the equation into the spreadsheet. Well, I thought you would do that. I did it for mine. Why don't you do it for yours? All right, so 18. Wow, okay. That changes things up, my friend. Mm-hmm. 18. All right, so there's only a couple of 18s, which is nice. Is that better than Axe 1989? Probably not. Only because of the opening sequence with him and Smash. Tito, 1988. Uh, I'm trying not to do the recency bias thing. I think I like Lawler better, but I wouldn't have any qualms 
given Tito's importance to that first installment. Hold on, let's maybe base it on the next one. What about Jake eighty nine? Um, I guess below because the snake is infamous. Okay, so we have Tito ahead of Jake, so then he goes okay. below Tito too. Okay. Okay. All right, so that lands uh, Lawler nineteen ninety three as the sixty seventh best yeah, Royal Rumble. That's pretty opinion. solid, I think. I don't think you would have thought that coming in, you know. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's a good showing and way better than anything uh, Charles Wright did. <laughs> Naturally. By almost 100 spots, I'm sure. All right, so Lawler's not in the next two. 94, he's away for the trial. 95, he announces, but he does pop in 96. He wrestles now, a bunch in 95. Now, when you saw the time for 1996, were you worried at first? Maybe for a split second, but then I remembered quickly. And yes, I had just done this one recently on Wrestling Warzone. Not recently, but within the last year or whatever on Wrestling Warzone. So, like, you know, I, I was like, oh, right, that's that. Um, and it actually made it a lot, a lot more tolerable to watch uh, for sure. So he wrestled a bunch in 95 because he rekindled the Brett feud. And he's pretty active even in 96. Like, he does have a bunch of pay-per-view matches throughout this. So it, because they have backup announcers. Like, it seemed like whenever they felt they had some depth. He wrestled more like right. so at 95, 96, they got Doc Hendricks and then Mr. Perfect. So I think they felt like they could utilize him more in the ring in this stretch. But he comes in at number four. So a very early entrant. He's laughing as he comes down. He's got the big giant mullet at this point. Just like you know, even Todd Pettengill is telling him to cut this thing like it's just, it's so out of control. <laughs> he uh, is when he comes in, too, he is like so malevolently happy. Like, it's like yes. a supervillain running down. Yeah, he's, like, ready. He's cackling as he comes in. Um, <laughs> and he, it's a thin ring. Like, you know, yeah. it'll be active, I guess, but it's it's also thin. Perfect and, says he's cagey, and he knows how to wrestle in these Royal Rumbles. That's what Perfect says. And then he goes, the people just love him. As he's getting, like, great heat uh, yeah. pouring down on him. So King comes in with a plan. He, he immediately pulls over Hunter and Backlund, and they plan on slopping Henry Godwin. We talked about this with Backlund, but... Uh, it backfires and King ends up getting a slop as do some fans in the front yeah. row. And then, um, and, and then yeah. perfect goes, it's like we're at a Gallagher concert and <laughs> Vince goes, ha, ha, ha! <laughs> but, but he has no idea who Gallagher is. Right. Uh, I don't know. I can see Vince like getting dragged out with some friends, like, dr- you know, being drunk and going to a Gallagher show. You think Vince has friends? Yeah. Pat. They're Bruce Pritchard. Su- they're just subordinates. They're not friends. I can see Bruce Pritchard drag him to the Gallagher show. Come on, Vince. You'll love this. This guy's going right. to smash the watermelon. So that backfires. Uh, King tangles more with Godwin and Bob Holly, uh, peppering some strikes. His selling always stands out. It's always great. Uh, then there's a funny moment. Mabel comes in and mauls Godwin, and King just stands there and smiles, just yeah. enjoying it. Uh, he gets tied up with Godwin again. And Jake comes in, and, of course, they hadn't really been feuding because this is Jake's return, but it kind of sets eventually what's going to come later in the year up as he throws the snake on him, and Lawler just freaks out and vanishes. Wow. Yeah, it just disappears. I love how Vince, like, at one point lists the royalty in the ring. He goes, King Mabel, Jerry the King Lawler, and the noble blue blood hunter Hurst Upsley. Mr. Backlund. Mr. That's right. Yeah, it's Mr. Backlund too, too. Um, yeah, I, I love that he's coaching Mabel. I think it's really funny. Um, Lawler chokes Godwin for about five straight minutes. That would mm-hmm. that should kill him, right? You would think he would take. Well, he's got a big, thick country boy neck, so maybe not. 
<laughs> can't get his hands around it. But I love too, like the whole snake thing with Jake. It's because King is so busy choking Godwin that he doesn't yes. notice. No clue. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, a good return for Jake. It's a good moment for him. To come oh, back. yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And like and thus the, the strategy of hiding under the ring is established. Yeah. So he vanishes and we'll see him a couple of times as the match is going on. We see him peek out. Um, and this is like kind of a classic battle royal spot. Like I think Jimmy Hart did this way back when uh, to win a battle royal. And like I think it's always been something like little chicken shit heels would do. But it was pretty fresh for the Rumble. No one had ever done this no. where he's he went through the middle rope or the bottom rope and just waits under the ring. And um, he's brave. He's got slop all over his back. Yeah, he's gonna this might have been the... with a one-two, I think, where they, they shit in the crown and it was under the ring or something. It was so <laughs> someone left like a box of shit under the ring and he had to sit there with it. I think that was this one. So Everybody Sean eventually, hate him so much. <laughs> Sean eventually gets knocked through the ropes um, and he takes a lap around the ring. He figures out where King is. He pulls him out, yeah. um, throws him in, and then punches him right back out with a big uppercut. Father... It was a good bump. Yeah, he flops over the top. Well, and him hanging on to the cables. Yes. <laughs> he pulls out so many cables with him. And I always like that bump. It's not the last time we'll see it uh, from no. him in the Rumble, but it's a big slow over the top off the uppercut. Um, so, I mean, not a ton here, but he had a, a you know series of memorable moments. He had the slop, the snake, and the hiding, uh, which, <laughs> you know, and he's active. You know, he's in there for 36 minutes, but it's going to be a unique one for us. We'll have a couple of those, like, way later that I guess are along these lines, but he's in there, you know, 35, 36 minutes, but he's only really active for what, probably 10 of those maybe. Yeah. Um, but those moments do stand out, even though he doesn't do much otherwise. Yeah. I don't know why he would poke his head out from under the ring at any point. Like he does right. Right. just no stay reason. in there, stay in there until you hear somebody's music playing. Right. And then sneak in. Although that, this was the one where they played everybody's music. So I guess that would Yeah. Work. But I see you could, you could figure it out. Yeah. Um, all right, so presentation on this one, I'm, I'm with a two. Like he's presented more like a goof um, than anything else, but it's fine. Yeah, me too. I'm at a two, but it was a it's a good goof, so it's fine. Right. Uh, so creativity, I gave a four. Like it was really <laughs> smart. They they leveraged an old classic battle royal trope. He was a perfect guy to do it to go out and hide under the ring, and it was something that hadn't done at all in a rumble. So and then you have the slob and the snake, like you said. So a couple of big moments too. Yeah, I mean, like, look, he's he's now obviously being positioned as the biggest weakling in the promotion. Right. But he finds a way to make it work. Yeah. And it's it's silly, but his character, it works with him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if Kama Mustafa was under the ring, it probably wouldn't have played as well. <laughs> right. No, definitely not. Um, and I'm then a, uh, I, I just went with a one for effectiveness. I'm at a three. Like, I, to this day, I remember the spot. To this day... My wife will be watching a Royal Rumble with me and she'll say, why doesn't this guy hide under the ring like Jerry the King Lawler? Like, so it's super memorable. It's super fun. I don't think he really made the best of his time that he was there. So Mm. I'm good bumping him up a bit there. Okay. That lands him with 16, a real 16 this time. Mm -hmm. Posted a fake 16 from the great equation problem. All right. Is he better than Big Boss Man 89? No. Max 90. Mm, no. Perfect 1991. Mm, maybe. Perfect's pretty good in that yeah. match. Um, I also don't think he's as good as Hawk 1991. Yeah, I would agree. So is he better than Bret Hart 1990? Yeah. Okay, that's good. 
I don't think I, Brett does a ton in that one, right? He just kind of lasts a while. That was the disappointing one. Right. All right, so that Jerry the King Lawler, 79th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time. So again, you wouldn't expect him to have two in the top half so far, right? No, definitely not. No, this is a good one. I, I always knew this would be interesting because it's That's so a, all over the place. But Yeah, it's closer effective. to the top third, actually, because we're closing in on 230 appearances. Right. So, yeah. All right, so let's go for a year. Uh, he's still bis- basically in the heel commentator role, and he's actually announcing the show with Vince and Jim Ross. And yes. this is an all-time kind of classic moment. So we get to number 22. Uh, Bret Hart has a sharpshooter on Steve Austin. The buzzer rings and King is on commentary and his music fires up. He stands up. He starts taking off the jacket and he says, watch this, yeah, watch, goes, watch this. It takes a King and then he gets up and gets in the ring. Um, and in a, in a callback to the year before, Brett just lets go of the sharpshooter, comes over, punches him with an uppercut, and he flies over the top and goes eliminated, puts the headset back on, says to Noah King uh, to finish his sentence. And I, I thought this was funny. You know, we killed off a participant to allow Brett and Austin to have like the full four minutes together yeah. in between or three, you know, if it was like a minute and a half or whatever this one. So I like that. It's a, it's a memorable moment with King. Uh, you didn't know he was going to be in. Plus, it ties plays off all the Brett stuff, right? Him and Brett are longtime rivals, so yeah. it's funny to see Brett get a little comeuppance on him. So, I actually, this one's always stood out to me as memorable. It's only four seconds, but it's fun. <laughs> this is something that the more I think about it, the more I like it, the more mm-hmm. I love it. Because when he gets back, he's all discombobulated and acts yes. like he was never in there. Yeah. Which I think just like what? No, what? Like he's. <laughs> and they're asking him, do you realize you were just in there? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I love it. I love that he just no sells it. I'm still laughing. About, like, I'm, I think it's legitimately funny. But here's two. You get you get um, you see Vince needing to recap everything. Right. It's like he's like, well, Jerry, you just said it takes a king to know. Like he recaps and it's like, we just heard it. Vince. Right. Like we, we get it. We get it. Uh, but yeah, it's an all time moment. Um, I don't know. Like I. You know, we're pro- I probably ranked too high on it, but like, fuck it. It was great. It's a great little four second moment. No, I agree. So, I mean, I went one on presentation. He's not, there's not much to it. No. Uh, but I went two on creativity because it was, I thought it was shrewd. It was, it was a funny bit for the second year in a row. They yeah. kind of tap into something that hadn't really been done before with it, with a, an um, entrant. Yeah. I, look, I'm same scores, except I also have a one for effectiveness. Because I'm still like I still think mm. about it and laugh about it like like it's still so stupid and the way he sold it after right. it continued their feud but I just think that he's really interesting he's an interesting case and like he does things in these matches that I feel only work for his character well and he's fine just not like being legit in them like, like he's you know he's just like he's just the goof like that's just his role in the promotion is like the clown so yeah it's fine just to do this it doesn't really hurt him either way and it just adds to a moment you know exactly all right so that gives him a score of seven is mm-hmm. he better than ted dibiase 1992 yes he's the top of the sevens okay 151st best royal rumble appearance all right. of all time basically top three top 150s that's that's strong yeah well from a guy that like you would mm-hmm. never you know yeah and we got one more 15 years later, he shows up again. <laughs> he had not been in one since. Um, and again, 
he's a surprise entrant. So it's interesting to me, I guess, that he's not in 11. Like, he doesn't play Miz at that show, though, right? It's the next no, one. No, it's the next one. Yeah, so, and that's kind of his busiest stretch in the modern era, is that early 11 when he's feuding with Miz. Uh, but here in 2012, he enters at number 12, and it's part of an ongoing gimmick, and he's the first one. So it's a surprise entrant. Uh, he stands up and, and enters, and then Cole and Booker would do it later in the match. So they all kind of have a turn as announcers getting in the ring. He strips down. He gets in the ring. He works over Cody and Miz. They kind of stooge and feed for him. He even breaks out a standing dropkick and yeah. then a rope fist. Uh, and the crowd is hot for him, but then Cody throws him out. And, like, I get it. It's good he didn't overstay his welcome, but he was really over. Like, I feel like they could have squeezed – a little bit more out and maybe it's fine. They didn't considering he has a heart attack later in the year on air, but uh, <laughs> I feel like maybe like a couple minutes more. Cause the crowd was like super hot for him. Yeah. And Booker is all hot for him too. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, please drop the strap. Drop the, he's really into him dropping the strap. Right. Um, look, I thought his run was a lot of fun here, mm-hmm. but man, does it highlight how bad Michael Cole is the heel announcer was. Oh, I know. Because Cole's burying him the whole time he's out there. And it's like, oh, God, he's just bitching and complaining and whining. And it's like, oh, it's so bad. But even with that, I still went to on presentation because he feels like like a real returning hero and a starlight. The crowd is so into him. He gets to hit the drop kick and the fist and kind of cleans house. And I don't know. He felt like the biggest deal of the commentators that get in here. Uh, yeah, I guess. And, and with that, and that's Booker T too, right? So yep. yeah, I, I guess, I mean, I think this rumble suffers because of this commentator section. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, I don't, I think if it had just been Lawler, it would have been fine, but it's the other two that really kind of drag it down. I'm right. at a one. I think it's kind of apparent when he comes in, cause it, he's when he comes in, it's only young guys in the ring. So it's, it's an interesting little dichotomy between right. him and them. Uh, but still I'm at a one, I'm at a one for work too. Uh, yeah, same. He hit but, the drop kick, the fist, he had some fire. Yeah, and I'm at a one for effectiveness because I just thought it was, it popped the crowd, it was energetic. Like, I think it, it, it served its purpose well. Yeah, I went zero there. I'm staying consistent, but yes. <laughs> All right, that's a six. Is it better than Rick Martel 1994? Um, maybe, right? Martel doesn't, it's kind of boring, right? Like him, he's okay, but yeah, it's it's long. It's 11 minutes, so I, I'm okay if we put him ahead. Okay. All right, so that that's his worst, and it's 161st. All right. Uh, I mean, he's a surprisingly good little Rumble competitor. It's huh. crazy he's not in more. Like he's there the whole time, other than that little blip in 01. But and but he's back around the Rumbles that bookend it. He's gone like just the year. So it's nuts that he was never another surprise entrant before 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. And like, he probably could have helped to show like 95 being in right. it long, you know? Um, yeah. So like for, for, uh, the King four rumbles, total, a uh, total of 51 minutes and 24 seconds, but that's really artificially mm-hmm. high because of the hiding under right. the ring <laughs> eliminated three guys and uh, average 13 minutes ring time. All right. Not bad for the King. Well, here we go now. So, I mean, neither one of these guys, sadly, is going to make our top performers. But before we get to our top performers, do you want to run down our top individual performances? Yeah. Top 10. Top 10, my friend. 
All right, number 10, Sid Insane Justice, 1992. Sid Insane. <laughs> oh, I got it. I need him to hold on. Number nine, Brett the Hitman Hart, 1994. Number eight, The Ultimate Warrior, 1990. Hulk Hogan, 1990. Number six, Shawn Michaels, 1996. Five, The Undertaker, 2002. Number four, The Shawn Michaels, 2007. Three, Hulk Hogan, 1989. Number two, Shawn Michaels, 2010. And holding strong at number one, Ric Flair, 1992. Still makes sense. Every time I look at it, I still can't believe Hogan 89 is ahead of Hogan 90. But it Um, makes sense. Yeah. It's just a bigger. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He just does more, even though he doesn't win. Yeah, that's true. He eliminates more guys. He's more central to the story. Mm -hmm. All right. So the guys we talked about tonight. So. Of all the guys we've talked about, if they've been in three rumbles, we have an aggregate of them in terms of ranking them, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically an average score across their Royal Rumbles. And none of our guys tonight are really going to make a dent. Jerry Lawler, out of the 37 guys that qualify, Jerry Lawler is going to finish at 25. And Charles Wright is going to finish at 35. Yeah, good. So just ahead of – but see, he's just ahead of Luke and the Warlord, but I would much rather watch Luke and the Warlord. Well, yeah, I mean, especially Luke's only got three minutes of ring time. So, I mean, he's <laughs> the guy. rumbles. <laughs> right. He's the guy that, yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Warlord a little bit more, but even he has some quick end uh, exits. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's dive into our top 10 overall performers. So, number 10, Jake the Snake Roberts. Number nine, Mr. Perfect. Number eight, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Number seven, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Six, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Number five, Macho Man Randy Savage. Number four, Brett the Hitman Hart. Number three, The Undertaker. Number two, the greatest of all time, Shawn Michaels. And number one, the immortal Hulk Hogan. You want to end this awkward like TNA? (laughs) No, no. Keep on rumbling. (laughs) We'll be back in a month with uh, a potpourri of gentlemen. A little mix. Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, up to yeah, geez, I'm thinking Noel's part. We'll be back in two weeks with a mix of gentlemen, uh, five to be exact, and uh, continue to check out all of our stuff. This every two weeks, Noel's part every two weeks. Check out everything North South Connection has to offer. Keep on rumbling. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.